you for tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women. Women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your wonderful host, Shanira and Jenny Lee. Thank you, kings and queens, for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Sanira. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have an amazing artist, um, a blind influencer that's going to come on and just share her testimony, her story in regards to, you know, the entertainment world and, you know, what she goes through in regards to diversity. Uh, Before we get into today's uh, topic, I do want to get to uh, her bio to let you know her accomplishment and accomplishments and what she's doing for the world overall. So Lachi is an award-winning creative perfolic dance music recording artist and songwriter who has worked on a slew of viral works and advocates for disability inclusions in the music and entertainment industry herself being legally blind. Lachi's first album, self-titled alternate pop album, was released by the M the EMI imprint Fanic Records soon after Lachi was featured on the Oprah Renfrey radio show, CW and NPR speaking on the experience as a blind artist. She has performed new, numerous uh, high visibility showcases, including Pride Fest in Milwaukee, where she's opened for Patti LaBelle. Lachi then teamed up with Gary Neston Pine uh, to release it's Our Times along with Shea Rose and produced by, oh, I'm going to butcher that name, Kaiwana Kim. <laughs> <laughs> In 2016, Lachi collaborate, uh, collaborated with new uh, re owned Israel World music producer, Yafri Ifrench. Did I pronounce that right? I know I'm butchering names. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she created the Mediterranean infused EDM track. Delay, which exceeded 1 million YouTube video uh, views. In 2017, Lanchi co-wrote and produced the song Rude with Snoop Dogg, pop artist Kendra Black. And in 2017, Lanchi released the NDMI hip hop cross- crossover track, Living Alive featuring Styles P. Lanchi then collaborated with the three-time Americans best DJ winner, Marcus Schultz, on a song titled Far, which Schultz placed on 2018 Trance album, We Are The Light. The song was remixed and produced by the top trance DJs, including Armin Van Buren and Made of the State Trance for Top 20. The following year, Lanchi wrote and performed Go With Award-winning uh, Viral Drum and Bass and Gaming Music DJ Maddox. 
In 2020, Launchy uh, received her second Independent Music Awards, nominating for her the Capella arrangement of her song Money by Cardi B in October 2020. Launchy had joined the Recording Academy New York cha Chapter Advocates Committee during the year of Launchy, focused heavily on advocacy for music with disabilities, speaking on the panels of National Endowment for the Arts of Recording Academy, Women in Music, and Folk Alliance, to name a few. The same year, Launchy released the Empowerment Anthem, Bigger Plans, which produced uh, Envita under Switch Records. Launchy teamed up with Diversity Styling Agency to produce and release the Bigger Plans projects and combining uh, short with film music video. The film received a flurry of awards nominating and screaming the most notable of which was 2021 Indie Fest Film Awards of Recognition. Named as a blind influencer by Influence Launchy has been featured or mentioned in the New York Times, Huffington Post, American Songwriter, Music Tech Magazines, along with others of her work bringing disability inclusions and entertainment into mainstream discussions. So, woo, you have accomplished <laughs> a lot in your life. <laughs> and it's it's an honor to have you. It's an honor to have you a part of the Uncommon Women podcast. So thank you so much for uh, tuning in with us today. Uh, before we get into your testimony, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how was your life growing up? Well, you, you said a lot about myself. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really honored to be here. I love the vibe. I'm just, I'm so at home. Um, I mean, I feel really, really excited to be here. So, um, yeah, and as you could see in my bio, it doesn't really talk too much about my childhood because, you know, growing up, I was definitely very shy, right? Um, I, because of my visual impairment, I had trouble fitting in. Um, I wasn't fully blind. I was just partially blind. So people okay. had trouble understanding. It's like, well, if she doesn't have a cane or a dog, what's actually wrong with her? Um, but what it actually ended up doing for me was it allowed me to um, get to know myself and work on my art. And I spent a lot of time doing music, drawing, um, writing. Uh, and I got into the creative, nurturing my sort of creative self as a child. Um, but one of the issues that was very difficult was that because in the school systems, uh, disability education, especially when I was coming up in, in, in uh, the 90s, early aughts or whatever, uh -huh. didn't, really, um, didn't really focus on not only disability education for young children that they know what they're dealing with when they have another uh, disabled person in the school, but there wasn't really any training for a person with a disability who is uh, in a mainstream class as opposed to sort of uh, a, a separated class. And then I also, um, you know, in the school system, teachers aren't really given the opportunity to really thrive uh, unless they're a special ed teacher. Teachers that teach mainstream classes don't really know how to handle having uh, a student that has a disability within a mainstream class. And I really think that more okay. of that needs to happen uh, because when I was coming up, there just really wasn't a lot of understanding. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's my answer and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> so being in the entertainment business, have people judged you or questioned your capability of completing certain tasks? Uh, yes. And 
while we're sort of focusing on the lens of disability, and I, I focus a lot on that lens, uh, I am intersectional. I am a female. I am a, I'm a black woman. And yes. so there are a lot of sort of odds, you know, when you're, when you're black, people uh, don't really want to, you know, listen. When you're, when you're female, you're invisible. Uh, when you have a disability, you might need help. And so here I am, invisible, no one wants to listen, and they think I need help. So there are a lot mm. of currents that uh, a person with more than one, you know, someone who's intersectioned has to swim against. Um, and so I, I, I just so many memories of uh, people thinking like, maybe she can't, or oh, are we sure we want to work with her, or is she going to be okay? Do we have to feel sorry? Or the, the age old, is she angry? Does she feel bad? You know, a lot of people don't want to work with somebody they think is going to be mad or, or that they think uh, is just going to be difficult to work with. But as a black woman just walking in, I don't have to say anything and people already put that on me. And then to right. add the blind factor. Exactly. So um, I think that anyone who's intersection definitely has to go with it. But I think that uh, the positive side to that, that it has harnessed like really strong uh, sense of, 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 of termination and drive. So there's this, yeah. there's this like constant, oh, I'll show them that kids can use It's a very healthy, and it's not even about the outside voices anymore, right? It's just to my, my past self, like, oh, you could only do this. Well, I could do this now. Oh, I don't think I could do this. I'm proving to myself. I, I'm fighting out myself that I can. Um, right. But that wasn't always the case, right? It's not, it's not, I, I don't like that I had to swim so hard against the current to build that determination, but that is how I, I did get there. So, yeah. Okay. During, um, during the process and everything, what were your emotions? Um, you being, um, having a disability, I know certain people think of it like it's extra work. Yeah. Because, yes. So what emotions were you going through? They're in the process and, you know, when you're being judged or questioned, how did it make you feel? You know, it's a, that's a very, it's interesting that you asked that because it is a very broad question, but at the same time, no one's actually ever like really sat down and asked me that. <laughs> and <laughs> it's kind of like, I felt like two different people. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I felt inside like, I can do this. I'm strong. I don't deserve to be spoken to this way because I'm the ish, right? But at the same time, I also felt like I always had to apologize. I always had to say, oh, okay, I'm, you know, I guess they're right. But the inside me is saying, no, they're not. So here are these two different me's that I have kind of, oh, so just an emotion of there's sort of like pride but then there's also a, a, a false acceptance that I was kind of struggling with a lot. And I think that a lot of it was, and I, and I totally apologize for saying ish. Um, I think a lot of it was really like, I was given ableism. Mm. I was given racism. I was given uh, sexism. And they just put it on my plate and said, here, eat. And I ate it. And so I mm. had to fight against my own internalized ableism. This is why I felt like I had to apologize. I had to fight against my own internalized racism. This is why I felt like, well, maybe they're right. Or not even going for certain opportunities because I thought like, I'm not going to get it. And, mm. and no one should ever think that, right? And so I feel like 
a lot of it is just unawareness of society um, that I had to kind of fight against. And, and so those were kind of the emotions that I was dealing with, just fighting against um, the outside ableism, but also fighting against the internalized ableism and trying to be like, okay, I'm not these two different people. I do deserve to be heard. I do deserve to be seen. How do I get this inside me to be on the outside? Mm. That's awesome. I like that. And I think yeah. a lot of us, you know, we we are are we're hard on ourselves that is as it is. Um do you yeah. believe that do you believe your tough toughest challenge was getting out of your own thoughts or did you have a tougher challenge in your life uh during this process of being a music artist? I think that getting out of anyone getting out of their own thoughts is always the toughest challenge. Like, I think that's like yeah. a lifelong ever challenge, right? Uh, because you're the one, you're the only thing holding you back, right? At the end of the day, somebody can tell you you can't do it, but it's like once you internalize it is when you really can't. Um, but, you know, that question of what, what's a tough challenge, I actually have a concrete answer. There, so I used to work for um, the government, right? And when okay. I tell people, that, uh, but yeah, I used to work for the government and um, I was just sitting there, you know, paper pushing and stuff like that. And people were like, you're too big for the desk. It was really difficult to decide, like, I don't know if what you know about working for the government, but when you work for the federal government, your whole like trajectory is figured out and you get all these PTO days, you get this perfect health care and it just mm. becomes your whole life. Um, and right. I had to say, which one do I want to do? Mm. Do I want to do this government job <laughs> or do I <laughs> become a musician because I would have to pursue it fully if I really want to do this. Um, I had gotten signed right. to EMI. I got yeah. signed to EMI while I was still working and I was trying to tour and work. It just, what are you going to do? Tour on PTO days? It just wasn't really working. And um, uh -huh. so, so I had to make the decision. And one of the biggest like uh, catalysts for that decision was I remember one day I went into work and I was already kind of like, half out the door. I already had a few opportunities that I was like, okay, I can make a few bucks, but I only had like two months in advance planned, but I was like, yeah, I can make two months of rent. Um, but <laughs> I, I remember I went um, into work and it's kind of like a long story short, but my supervisor, and look, I love white men, but my supervisor, a white male, um, had, had, without going into it, had made me feel very small um, wow. and made me feel small in the sense of being a black woman specifically. Wow. Like, you know, accused me of, of some attitudinous things that um, you you would only accuse a black woman. Like, let's say, for instance, if somebody just walked Like the stigma the of an angry yeah, black woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. Because the stigma of being a black woman. Like, you ever walk into a room and somebody said, why you mad? <laughs> you just yeah. Like the resting face, the resting face that we have. I call it resting black face. Okay, yes. No, I shouldn't call it that. I shouldn't call it that. Okay, I scratched that. But what I'm saying is, is that I, I felt that and I was like, you know what? I don't, I, I don't have to take this. At the end of the day, you are never in a situation where it is hopeless, right? You can always just say, screw this. I'm just going to have to jump out of the water and figure it out. Um, and so as much as that like incident had really hurt, um, it, it propelled me to jump out into the water and go, you know what, mm. I am going to do this. I'm going to go pursue the music thing because if somebody's going to make me feel bad, at least let me feel bad doing what I love. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and so there, 
that's how that kind of went. Um, okay, wow. Can you um, speak on any experience or issues pertaining to your, you know, with your disability? What do you mean? You know, with, mm -hmm. with you being blind, uh, 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 arrested, uh, like you your know, representation and your the rest music were, industry. Yeah. Yeah, ah. thank you, Sonera, for that. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting because I've started this organiz. Well, we're really a, a coalition or alliance of a group of musicians that are accomplished and and have like touring experience, have worked with huge names or mm -hmm. are a big name themselves that have disabilities, right? So we've okay. kind of come together, and it's the thing that every time we come together, we're so excited because we're starting mm. this movement that hasn't been done before, but also. Uh, we hadn't really met others. So we are all like, where are all the others? You know, where, where are the, um, where are the, the, the role models mm -hmm. with a disability in the music industry? Now, look, in Hollywood, we have started seeing some people in wheelchairs. The Oscars this year had an ASL person. They had a ramp. So we're starting to see a little bit there. Of course, the workplace is, very slowly, but trying to be more disability inclusive. However, we're not seeing that in the music industry like that at all. Um, and so I have noticed, you know, for me, I, it took me a while to come out as a person with a disability because I could hide it. And, and I still, to some extent, can. Um, uh -huh. And so, but I was shooting my own self in the foot because frankly, yes, maybe people wouldn't feel comfortable. Maybe people, if I go to a recording studio, and I don't tell anybody about my issue, maybe they'll feel more comfortable, yeah. Maybe they won't stigmatize me, yeah. But guess what? Here I am bumping into stuff, <laughs> you know? Here I am not serving myself. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Here I am, somebody- Making it harder. harder. <laughs> I'm making yeah. it harder on myself by not, yeah. like somebody mm -hmm. will wave, you know what? You know what the biggest thing that's always been my problem? People would wave at me at networking events. I mean, like big, like, you know, real events with real people that you better say hi to them or else your career is over. They will wave at me and I won't wave back. And then even though they know I, they may know I have something, they'll forget or whatever because of the way I carry myself. So I've decided like, look, I really have to stand in front of my disability because it's not just a medical issue. It's my identity. It's right. who yeah. I am. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so it's not, it's not mess. It's it's not messing me over medically. It's also messing me over socially. So I need to accept it as a the social thing that it is, the social part of myself that it is. So I have been claiming it very loudly and proudly here in the music industry. Um, I've been encouraging my other fellow musicians with disabilities to um, name and claim it. And by the way, that alliance we're putting together is called Ramped, recording okay. artists and music professionals with disabilities. And so we were like, oh, what? Nice. God just gave us that. Um, so we're really, um, I'm really excited for just this push of like, hey, let's be loud and proud about it because we need to role model for this next generation that we need to come out and just say it so that you're not, a, so that you're not bumping into the recording studio and mm -hmm. hurting your own self. Um, right, right. So that you can, can be proud of all of you. 
you know, I don't want I don't want there to be just a little piece of you that you're just like, eh, oh, I'm proud to be black. Yeah, I'm gonna stand with the black people. Oh, women empowerment. But then mm, let me not talk about the disability part. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's part of who you are. It, you're just yeah. the reason you're part to the reason you're proud to be black is because you're fighting against the current and you're succeeding. The reason you're right. proud to be a woman is because you're showing the man what you can do. Show them that with your disability. So that's why I'm just like out here really trying to show it in music. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that you came into agreement with yourself because that's that's the position where you're at now. And when you come into agreement with yourself in regards to the blessing, when you seen it as a disguise, it's pushed you further in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure has. It pushed you further in life. So with that being said, was there a point in your life where you you know, you just wanted to give up or, you know, you actually just wanted to see to feel like maybe you could do more before you got to that position? So first I want to say, I love that terminology and I'm jealous because I wish I came up with it, that I agreed with myself. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to steal that. Go ahead. I'll I'll quote you on it. Yes. Go ahead, girl. (laughs) I'll pass the torch to you. It's about making that internal pact, right? With yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am going to do this fully. Um, but you know what? That's a that's a that's a real question, you know. Uh just the 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 giving up. And and I will say, like, you know, when I was working at the government and I had my my dreams of becoming of really pursuing this, but then you know, at the same time, I didn't focus on, you know, my appearance. I didn't focus on um, really honing my craft that hard because I was split in so many different ways. And when I was dealing with sort of the sneak ableism, you know, sort of the sneak racism that, I mean, mm-hmm. hey, we're all going to the, we're all going to the the meetings that HR says, we, we're all watching the HR videos, but we still got that sneak sexism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was dealing with a lot of that and it was just hard. It was just hard. And it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if the me that was in existence at that time could like go all out and just be a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a big thing. It's a big risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big risk. And now I was fortunate when I, when I did actually leave the, the core, the government, whatever, um, the, the job I had, mm-hmm. um, I was fortunate to, to quickly like run into a few folks that, you know, having, having been signed to EMI, I was able to kind of run into a few folks that I could work with and then really sort of supercharge a few things. Um, but in terms of, you know, giving up, you know, it is, it is, you know, every day when you wake up, you have to resharpen that saw, you know what I mean? Right. To really yeah. get it back together again, you know, get that wig right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Each time, get that mm-hmm. crown back on. Yep. And so, yes, that's, it's a lifelong journey. Sometimes I feel low, sometimes I feel high. Um, but when you talk specifically about vision, um, visual impairment, disability, it's interesting because I've always had low vision. So I was born like barely able to see, and now I'm on a path to losing that. It's, it had been sort of stagnant and the same all the way through, um, most of my life. And then like more recently, it's kind of actually degrading pretty rapidly. Um, and then people go, aren't you scared? Aren't you afraid? I'm like, nah, we're good. I've, I've already been at like pretty low. So it's not like that serious, but because I've always had this vision, I don't actually know that I'm missing anything. Right. So I don't mm. know what it would be like to actually see differently. So I don't, I, it's not like, you know what? I wish I could see blue as red. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
since I don't know what I don't know. Um, right. Okay. Now I exactly. So uh, now that I am losing my vision, I am starting to see like I can tell the difference between how I used to see and how I see now. Um, and so really what I'm doing now is, is working with a lot of technology, but this is coming at a time where I'm already so in front of it that it doesn't, it's not really affecting me in that sense. Um, okay. I, don't think I, I hadn't really ever had a time where I was like, I wish I could see, but I did have a time where I, you know, wished that I, you know, I, I had a pretty lazy eye that I ended up getting corrected. Um, and I remember when I was a kid going like, I wish my eye didn't look like that. And then somebody was like, you can fix that. I was like, oh, well then, so then we did that. <laughs> so I don't know if that answers your question. I'm kind of babbling at this point. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. So, so basically you were born um, fully blind. Is, is that correct? I was born low vision, so okay. I, yeah, mm, okay. I could see generally, it's almost kind of like being nearsighted, but glasses couldn't fix it because it wasn't a lens issue. Oh, okay. I try to describe it as if you've ever played one of those video games and then you know how it's like, if you're far away from something. Uh, when like you, the 3D? Imagine, yeah, but then imagine if you got closer and it didn't re-render to look clearer. It just stayed. Oh, oh okay. So it's kind of like that. Like I can't, I couldn't see street signs and, you know, it's facial recognition is kind of rough and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Okay. So what inspired you to write, you know, to become a singer and as well an overall to love music? Yeah. 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 I love this question because music has always been a part of my life since I was very young and it's always been me confident, right? It's all kind of been, so like I said to y'all earlier, when I was really shy as a kid, I would kind of huddle into my corner and just do music only, right? And, and, and what it did was it made me feel good. It made me feel like I accomplished something when I finished writing a song. Um, and then as I got, um, high, like as I went to high school, um, I would go and, you know, I, it was tough to make friends, but then when I did the talent show or when I did stuff like that, people were like, wow, she's actually really good. And then as, you know, as it continued on into college, uh, I started mm -hmm. making friends because of my music. I started joining clubs because of music, like music opened okay. me up and got me talking. And then I was like, I went to my counselor and I was like, everybody says I'm really good at music. What classes should I take if I want to pursue this career? Uh, he was like, move to New York. I was like, huh? <laughs> So, <laughs> I was like, oh, and so I actually dropped and up and did. So I moved mm. to New York because of music and New York is a whole source of inspiration for me. Just being able to, it's a, it's a place where you can very quickly accept yourself because everybody's just all over the place out here. Um, <laughs> I was able to accept myself. And so music has always really just held my hand and given me that confidence and really led my life. I mean, it's because of music, like I told you earlier that I decided I had to get in front of my disability issue. Right. Um, so mm -hmm. it's just always been music that's given me that confidence, that straight arrow traje trajectory. You know, if it wasn't for music, I would probably still be in that job that I was at where I was miserable because I felt like I wasn't being seen or heard and I was being judged. But it was the mm -hmm. drive of music that said, nah, girl, we gotta go. Music told me that. Um, and so I feel like I owe it to music. <laughs> I mean, you know, whether it's God's, the spirit, whether it's nature, whatever you, that thing in the sky gave me music. And, mm -hmm. and how can I 
deny it, right? Um, and so I, that's, woo, look at me, I'm just, I'm getting, woof. <laughs> it's, it's just always been music. And I think, and I'm always, I'm just always inspired by like my experiences, the things around me as an intersectionalized woman uh, here in New York, there's just so much, the vibes is just so high. And I've had the, the, the pleasure of having some great mentors that have inspired me and, and stuff like that. And then just, there's a lot of people before me that have been an inspiration, so. That's amazing. And I love how you, you know, working with the government, having a bomb job, having, you know, basically everything laid out. And you was like, you know what, I'm gonna follow my passion. I'm gonna do what's in my heart. And how you basically, you know, let faith over fear empower you to lead you. And when I say that, God's definitely opened plenty of doors for you. I mean, look at all the accomplishments that you have from that. Yeah. What is one of your biggest accomplishments that you're actually proud of? You know, being a blind influencer and just working with Patti LaBelle. Like, I wish I could work with Patti LaBelle. I know. Other, other artists like Styles P. Like, it's just remarkable of the transition that, you know, Faithful with Fear definitely leaped you into some some good things. So what is one of the accomplishments that you're proud of throughout through it all? Um I think that that is a tough question because I th- there's a lot that I have done, but I feel like all of those things that I've done are just actions. Like I mm-hmm. would do any of those things if it weren't really honestly for accepting myself. I, I know this is gonna sound corny, but I think the biggest accomplishment I have achieved is like you say, coming to that agreement with myself. That mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. hardest thing to do because you don't know that you're not in agreement, right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't know that there's two yous, right? That there's the you watching you and then there's the you doing stuff, right? The fight. You're riding the horse and you are the horse. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, to like come to that realization that like, oh, snap. Oh God, I gotta, it's, it's, it's like being, being able to affirm for yourself. Mm. And I was finally able to do that. I feel like that's the biggest accomplishment to be able to wake up and look in the mirror and go like, Lachi, you are strong. You are beautiful. You are going to accomplish things. Yes. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if yes, somebody else girl, that, keep I'm going. Like, yes. Why can't I be that somebody telling me that? Why can't it be yes. me? <laughs> and so to to get to that point, I think it's the biggest accomplishment that I've I've made. Y'all gonna make me cry. <laughs> you better grab some tissues when you come on our podcast. I'm Y'all, just saying. <laughs> Y'all didn't tell me that. Y'all didn't tell me that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to add that in the outline. I got you. <laughs> but I love it because yes, you came into peace when you made agreement with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that analogy and your accomplishment. I, nobody can tell you that your biggest accomplishment can't be loving you. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people need to wake up and realize that loving ourselves is the key and foundation to, to it all. It is. It is. It's part of our journey. It's part of, it becomes part of us. Once a journey, loving yourself is a whole big journey. You got to have that. It's and it doesn't thing. happen overnight. And it's not something that's going to happen in one day. It's something that you have to consistently 
do over and over okay. and over again, just like you brush your teeth. So yep. your accomplishment is amazing, girl. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so is there um what is what would be something that you would like to uh to share to those that when it comes to disabilities and diversity? Um I think that something that's not really uh, celebrated enough really is the fact that uh, disability is really a social issue, right? And I had to, yes. like I said to y'all earlier, I had to learn that the hard way that it wasn't the medical issue that was a problem. It was the social issues that I was dealing with, with my disability. Um, and that disability is an identity. Mm. People identify as disabled. And yeah. you know, look, you can, you can, um, change yourself all the ways you want. You can try to get fixes. You can try to change things around, but it all depends. What really is you is how you identify yourself. Yeah. And, and disability is an identity like this. Okay. If someone is trying to get into a, uh, let's say some sort of venue, like a party, right. And they have a wheelchair and then there's a, a staircase and mm -hmm. they can't get into the party because there's a staircase. That doesn't, that's, if there was a ramp, they could get into the party. So that yep. it wouldn't be a disability issue anymore, right? So yeah. it's about society disabling us, making yeah. choices to keep us in this box. And they don't have to. And I think that once society starts recognizing disability as a social issue, as an identity, yeah. then it will turn around and start being like, oh, you know, for the people who identify this way, let's give them this resource. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I can, I can totally agree. Um, I've worked with those with mental that had mental disabilities, mm -hmm. and I've worked in, you know, facilities, and they're they're like they keep them in there, like they're closed in in there, like they don't they don't know anything about the outside world, you know, and they want to they want to be seen as everyone else, mm -hmm. you know? And I can, I can, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a disability, but I've seen it and I, I've kind of experienced it. So I can, I totally get what you are saying. Like, let's say for instance, I know a guy um, and I won't out him here. Cause I don't know if he wants me to say his name or not, but he has a mental health, you know, disability, a mental health mm -hmm. issue. And for while he was growing up, he had a lot of problems with family and socially and with the school system. And when he finally was able to come into himself and, and start getting some support, now yeah. he has his own business. He is a film producer. He uh, like hobnobs with big wigs. And it's mm -hmm. only because he was a, he had kind of figured out and kind of out of his shell himself and figure it out. Yes. Society is able to just open that up for like these such amazing people. Here's 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 the thing: people with disabilities have to always figure out interesting, different ways to exist in a society that wasn't built for them, right? Yep. So yep. That means that, like somebody who goes to the gym and tries to get buff biceps, they're out here getting buff problem-solving skills. They're mm -hmm. out here getting buff innovation skills. Yep. And then when we finally let them out to let us out, <laughs> I am one, to do what we got to do. 
We are top-notch innovators. We are top-notch problem solvers. And we just have to be given that opportunity to shine. Yes, I agree. That's amazing. Um, what I was going to say was, I think, or maybe it's just my opinion, but I believe in that some businesses just don't, um, they don't take it into consideration. Like the example that you used yeah. with the wheelchair, that was a good point because it's like mm -hmm. a lot of businesses don't have wheelchair accessibilities and it's no, like, where is the awareness? Mm -hmm. Where is the awareness no, on this? And I think it's, we, we, we're aware of it individually. It's mm -hmm. just not expressed or it's not published how it should yeah. be so that a lot of businesses can see it from their side of you. Does that yeah. make sense? You are right, Shanara. You are right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the awareness is, is very is very limited um, and it's a new yeah. issue. And, and one of the things that I'll say, too, is which comes first, right? The chicken or the egg? Like because no one's seen it, they haven't seen it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so because I, I remember I was talking to some of the folks at the Recording Academy and they were like, wow, Lachi, you've accomplished so much. You're doing all this stuff. You're the only musician with a disability. I'm like, really? They're, I, they were like I was coming to them with like, hey, all the things you start changing, they're like for, for you. Like not for just me. Like there's so many people out here, and people after me, right? And the people mm -hmm. after me. So it's kind of like, look, it's 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 hard because it's so hard to start getting in these doors in the first place. And I think that um, once we start changing narrative on disability, once we start, st so a lot of times people. This is my personal opinion right here. I feel like a lot of times people associate disability with like inspiration and like oh that's so beautiful and like oh i want to help them and you know it's very like awe right like mm -hmm. and and i feel like a lot of people these big wig businesses these fortune 500s these top down guys where when they do it everybody else follows suit they don't want to give money to all they want to give money to winners they want to give money to innovators mm -hmm. right yeah we need to start showing them more of these winners and these innovators out here that they yep. can foster and build if they only stopped and just looked, mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. stopped and listened for one second, you will see how amazing a lot of the folks in our disability community are. 26% of the American society has a disability. So one in four of everyone on your board should have a disability. Why is that not true? Mm -hmm. um, there's th just, just constantly, constantly, constantly that. And we need to really start pushing to these people that folks with disabilities are everywhere and at any point you can join you can just be one of us mm -hmm. <laughs> so you better get your card ready and can become a card carrying <laughs> whatever and <then laughs> prepare it to be a great place for you when you get there um i remember saying that too because uh, i speak at fortune 500 places every once in a while i'll get that gig and, mm -hmm. and that i have noticed is one of the strongest points is that hey by the way, because I know all y'all is old white dudes, y'all gonna be in a minute. So why don't you make this a better place for the community that you're about to join? That's good. Yeah. Jenny. Oh, if you can, what was that? Am I, am I still there? I feel like I just yeah you're out. still here okay yeah it's like if, if, is there anything that you can um, express from your heart 
with um, to women that have the same disability that you have? <sighs> so you're not going to believe it when you first do it, but stick with positive affirmations. Stick with it. You're not going to believe it at first. You're going to feel kind of corny. <laughs> you're going to feel like maybe you're lying to yourself. You're going to feel like an imposter. But stick with it. Do it. And even when and if when you start getting to a point where you are starting to accept it, continue to do it. Increase it. Change it. And the best way to, to work with positive affirmations is to write it down and read it. Because it's going to change. Uh, it's going to grow. It's going to evolve. Um, I remember when somebody told me what, what was it? It's like there was like a um, something is great anatomy. One of the doctors on it before she does before she does a surgery, pre-surgery before she does it, gets into a power pose, and she's like, "I can do this before every <laughs> surgery." And it's like it sounds corny, but it's stuff like that. Mm -hmm. that again, if someone else told you you were smart, told you you were strong told you you were beautiful, told you you can do this, told you you got this, told you, ah, uh -uh, girl, you, you, what you did was right. Stop second guessing yourself. You'd feel good. You'd feel powerful. You'd feel emboldened, or at least you'd feel just a little better. But the brain doesn't actually know who's saying it. So hack, you be that person. Hack your brain to believe that it's somebody else, but it's actually just you because the brain doesn't know. <laughs> and so just say, hey, I'm smart. I'm beautiful. I stand on the backs of all of the women that came before me to show this world how much work they've put into it and how much they've accomplished to make such an amazing woman that I am today. Mm. Saying things like that, knowing who you are and knowing that you are amazing is like the strongest thing because at the end of the day, as much as they don't want you to know this, Women hold all the power. Mm -hmm. We build, mm -hmm. we create this world. It's us that makes the world, period. And then they also want us to have a nine to five and all that other stuff. Right. We, yeah. <laughs> we still just do it. Give us a, you know, it's like one of them things, right? It's like Jenga. It's like, okay, we're going to put having the babies on. Oh, and then we're going to get put working on top. And then we're going to put raising the kids on top. And then we're going to, mm -hmm. and they just, just keep adding the pieces. We got to just keep right. adding the pieces. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but positive affirmations, I can't not stress that enough. So if there's any advice I could give, it would be that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, now, we would have loved for you to come on and share a song with us but due to time can you tell us or share where we can find your songs and where we can check you out and any accomplishments you would like us to actually help you with today yeah so i'm all over the place you can find me at lachi music l-a-c-h-i-m-u-s-i-c on instagram youtube facebook twitter blah 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 TikTok. i guess <laughs> like i'm all over the place um Literally, you can just Google Lachi and I will come up or you can just come to Manhattan. I swear I'm I'm the chick in the high heels with the white cane walking around, making people jump out the way. Um, <laughs> and I love it. Anything interesting coming up? I mean, I'm always working on different projects. I think the, the most um, imminent thing coming up is I will be hosting a, uh, a special called Disability Masters 
on pbs.com okay. um, and we'll be highlighting some amazing um, disabled folks from the past. I think we'll be talking about Kitty O'Neill, who was this amazing deaf woman who was a stunt woman and she's done all sorts of crazy um, things. So that's probably the next big thing I got coming on on pbs.com hosting Disability Masters. And when is that going to be? Because I can add that into yeah. uh, when we upload the audio version. Yeah, so that's going to be on July 26th, which is okay. actually ADA Day, the, the day we celebrate um, the passing of the Disability Act. Um, so I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming on um, Uncommon Women. And I... Look, look how I love her energy. Look how bubbly she is. Um, um, it's amazing what you do and what you have accomplished. Um, and just keep doing what you're doing. And um, we ask all our followers, I mean, all our guest speakers, not our followers, well, anyways, our followers too, you guys are followers as well. Um, as we become your followers. So yes, what makes you uncommon? <laughs> um, I think that what makes me uncommon is that I'm done with people thinking disability is something to be sad about. Mm. Uh, I don't know how people take this, but I am so like proud to have a disability. I'm proud to be blind. I'm proud to fight against this current. I think that people with disabilities are the, the next wave, right? Mm. We're the ones like, if there's only blue butterflies, we're the red butterfly that won't be caught by the predator. So I am out here really showing that bad at, oh, let me not say that word, <laughs> bad A, I'm a bad A. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> out here really trying to, to show like, you know what, you can be that too. And it's mm -hmm. not always just about disability. Right. I think that people should just be proud of their whole self. And I think that what makes me uncommon is that I'm really out here trying to celebrate that fact really hard. A lot of people are like, Lachi, why you think you all that? I'm like, why don't you like you right. should too? think it all that, please. <laughs> like, we should all think <laughs> we're amazing. And um, I don't know if that's common or uncommon, but I don't get enough people going like Lachi, everybody's doing that. So. <laughs> I think that's what makes me uncommon. I'm here to celebrate the word disability. Say it. I think people who don't and are afraid to say it should just say it. Don't say differently able. Don't say, you know, handicapped. Just say disability. It's what mm -hmm. it is. It's fine. And I think that we should celebrate it. That's awesome. So your what makes you uncommon is your identity. Mm. Yeah. I that's think that's awesome. a really good way to put it. What makes that's me uncommon awesome. is is this like multifaceted identity, which I believe makes everyone unique and uncommon. Right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. I love it. I I just love uh, I love how empowering you are with yourself, and you don't allow your disability, even though it's your identity, but you don't allow it to keep you stagnant, and you just. Mm -hmm you keep moving forward and you're like, well, I'm I, even though I might be this way, but I'm just going to make, I'm going to keep stepping forward, stepping forward. And I love that. Yeah. It's all about that forward step, girl. 
Yep. You have to. You have to. You have to. Um, thanks again for coming on and thank you for uh, speaking on your story. And thank you to all our followers for listening in. I hope they they take heed to whatever you're, you said, to whatever you had to say this evening. Yes. And um, <laughs> so yeah. I'm, yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to. I am going to speak on our clothing. Everyone, go check them out. We have um, some. Uh, we have some incredible apparel, especially our self-love shirts. Um, at www.uncommonwomen.net. Also, if you have some topics, or if you want to be a potential speaker, or if you know anyone that wants to be a potential speaker as well, go on to our website that I just said, www.uncommonwomen.net. And also go to our YouTube channel, like and subscribe. Come on, people, you got to comment on there too. Let me know, you know? <laughs> um, as well as next week, we will be recording July 8th, and the next guest speaker will be speaking on uh, job loss and struggles. And then everyone, stay on coming. Bye.